Hi, welcome to Go Tell Mom. I'm Diana Kelly, and I've been momming for several decades, including tending my fur babies, kids I gave birth to, kids I mentored as a broadcaster and college instructor, my kids' friends, and my friends. I'm not a psychologist or doctor, but I do know how to dig up advice from those who are, and that's what I'll share with you. If you have something to share with me, remark, comment, question, please comment below. My mom loved reading Irma Bombeck when I was a kid. Laughter is the best medicine was one of her favorite phrases. Mom would share her favorite Irma quips with me, and it was a bonding moment for both of us. Slice-of-life humor was something treasured in my childhood. Phyllis Diller, Carol Burnett, Della Reese, all mom's faves. But mom also watched Laugh-In and Flip Wilson with me as we both grew older, and she loved a lot of the British comedies. All of that helped develop my sense of humor. Parents don't realize how much impact their laughter has on their kids. Lexi Morehouse says in Medium.com that comedy influences the development of children's characters and their confidence with social connection. Kids who are funny tend to be popular, as long as their humor isn't misplaced. Lots of kids start to develop their humor with pranking, but there's a difference between pranking and bullying. Making another kid feel bad with a prank, like supergluing their favorite shirt to the back of their seat, not a good thing. But having them blow a slide whistle that sounds like a raspberry, heck, even the pranked kid's bound to giggle. TheConversation.com says pranking done well can be a sophisticated social interaction, and you can both equally get a laugh out of it. Laughter should always be about the situation, not about the person. Psychologist Rod A. Martin says humor is a valuable mechanism for coping with stressful life events and an important social skill for initiating, maintaining, and enhancing satisfying interpersonal relationships. It can also be used to get parents through stressful times with their kids while teaching them life lessons. I love the suggestion in health.usnews.com that has a parent creating a jingle for when the kid is acting unsuitably in a rule-breaking way. They say they use it often and it kind of becomes a family joke, which will probably annoy the hell out of the kid who's the target for about five seconds and later become the stuff of family legend when introducing new friends in their grown-up years. We're not all naturally funny, but acting silly eases tension simply because your kid was expecting something else, your anger, a stern warning, or a stiff punishment. Research shows kids' social and intellectual development can be improved and enriched when they're exposed to a regular, structured, and appropriate use of humor by their parents. When my sister was really little, Dad used to do the I-got-your-nose routine, which, of course, she copied and tried on the rest of us, which became part of our family legend that we shared with our kids. Using humor with your kid helps you as a parent become more playful. Humor brings perspective. You don't need to sweat the small stuff. And it helps kids learn not to take themselves so seriously. Scholastic.com says parents who use humor create an atmosphere in which it's okay to make mistakes. Do you know anyone who's learned anything worthwhile without making a mistake? Those parents who laugh their way through their kids' faux pas also establish a positive learning environment. Okay, so you're not a stand-up comic. You don't have a running routine that you can launch into on the drop of a dime. It's all right. If you drop a plate, crack a joke. I didn't like that plate anyway. Do a staring game with your kid. Make goofy eyebrow lifts. If wake-up time triggers your kid's inner demon, walk into his room with a lampshade on your head. Yes, the kid will laugh, and you'll be giggling too, which sure as heck beats yelling or having to dump water on his pillow. Taking the humorous approach does take some effort, but it's worth it for both you and your kid. People with a sense of humor tend to be viewed as trustworthy, dependable, kind. They also more easily form and keep relationships. Humor additionally teaches kids to be aware of others' feelings because children learn to adapt humor according to how people respond to it. You doubt it? Watch your kid tell a knock-knock joke that everyone's heard before.
kids can actually start giggling at 40 days of age, according to ParentsCanada.com. Doc suggests you don't suppress that giggle tendency. Play peekaboo with your baby. Do the knock-knock jokes when they're six and let them come up with a twist. Show your kids that you're cultivating your own sense of humor by hitting the humor section in the bookstore or the library and bringing them with you. My mom liked Mad Magazines. I'd go thumbing through them at the grocery store while she was busy checking the produce. Appreciate their humor when they graduate to puns. My dad was the pun master with me and later with my kids. Have your kids create a scrapbook of things they find funny. It will help them feel confident in that part of their identity. Gee, I'm a person who can be funny. Just make sure it's not at the expense of others. So is laughter really the best medicine? The research is not exhaustive, but it all tends to point toward humor having the effect of relieving stress. That gives your immune system a boost along with lowering your blood pressure. Your kids will definitely prefer it to a dose of castor oil. Now joining me is a fellow mom, friend, and colleague, Dr. Sherry Waltz, who, among other things, teaches speech at Volunteer State Community College. Sherry, when you were raising your kids, because we both raised a set and we're still kind of in the process of raising them, I don't think that ever ends, actually. <laughs> I'm hoping it will, but yes, I think it's just different, and every every phase is, um, is just different. <laughs> Yeah. When they were toddlers, did they like to joke around or pretend they're playing a prank on you? Not so much pranking, but they would do like silly skits or they would, I had two girls and so they would, they would do things like that. We would spend a lot of time in the swimming pool and they would do a lot of funny skits and like dives and different things in the swimming pool. But I don't think that they, we were ever much of a prankster kind of family. Okay. What influenced you as a child when it came to your humor? Probably my father. So um, my father was definitely a, uh, he had a very dry sense of humor, which probably influenced my relatively dry sense of humor, uh, a little bit more on the sarcastic side than, um, than, than anything else. But mm. so certainly I remember my father and his jokes. He definitely loved the dad joke um, and, <laughs> um, and did that. I don't know the student's name, but we have a student on campus, but he always says dad jokes and always just makes me think of my father. And I'd be like, oh, my dad would have liked that. <laughs> <laughs> my dad. Dad loved puns. That was oh, yeah. his thing. And it's funny because it kind of became my thing when I was raising my kids is, you know, we'd be playing with language, you know, a little bit of wordplay. And my son the other day was doing that. We had lunch together and he was throwing out a couple of things and I started to laugh, but I also thought of my dad when I heard that. But he, dad loved practical jokes too. Every Halloween, he would do something where he would try to prank the kids. And sometimes <laughs> it would be just looking out the window with the, he'd take a flashlight and put it underneath. And you know how that gives that airy light? Yes. And he could do the best devil act. It would be, I mean, it was something that would rival Vincent Price. It was that good. And But he would love doing stuff like that. That was his thing. But it was also his thing to, he used to talk to me in phony French, which <laughs> Which is why when I was in high school, I wanted to study French, you know, because dad would do that. I grew up in New Hampshire, kind of on the French-Canadian border. Okay. And so friends of my parents were French-Canadian and they would watch hockey. And when they would do the Canadian national anthem, dad would stand up and start singing. And at, at first, you know, it was Lenny and Jan were my, my parents' female friends. They were like smiling. Then they looked at each other like, what is he saying? Because it was phony French. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was perfect in, in tune. He knew the melody. He just didn't know the words. But that was my dad's sense of humor. Like I said, when we were kids growing up, that was our sense of humor. But was well, there- you certainly you certainly got some of that from your parents because I think that you're um, well, you're very personable for one. But I can see that I can see um, that that fun side of you um, in a lot of our dealings. And likewise with you, I mean, you you definitely have a fun side. And I would think a lot of your dad's there. Uh, did you get okay? Did you get anything from your mom? Probably not from my mother, at least not from humor side. Like my mother was a big crafter. And so, so certainly I got a lot of that from my mother. I'm a, I'm, I'm an avid crafter. If there's a craft out there, I've tried it and I have all the supplies at home, um, you know, but, uh, but, but uh, certainly from my father, um, I got a love of baking. My father used to love to bake. Um, and my father was just fun. He was just fun to be around. He had a good personality. He, you know, had no enemies. He never met a person he didn't like, you know, there was. Uh, and so um, I certainly got that from my father. Yeah. My dad was like that too. He, he just he liked people. He was, yeah. he was curious about people. My mother was avidly curious about people. She, and she, she was a seamstress. I mean, half of my clothes growing up, mom had sewed for me, but, but I know why we had a, a really, really, really wide landing. And that's where mom set up her sewing table because it looked over the front porch. She could see everybody going up and down the street, yeah. <laughs> but she would see the kids as they were coming on, you know? And so she knew who the pranksters were and the kids that were goofing around and, you know, maybe shoving each other occasionally. And so that was my mom. She had a very dry sense of humor, uh, <laughs> but she was, you know, we would watch the Carol Burnett show together and we would watch all, all these variety shows that had humorous segments in them. Like, I know this is a little early for you, but like laughing and Flip Wilson show. So we'd be watching that together and that helped develop my sense of humor. Do you notice any shows that you watched when you were a kid growing up that would have influenced yours? I have, my childhood is very, is very weird, Diana. So my mom died when I was 11. And so there's a large part of my childhood that for traumatic reasons and things like that, I just don't, I don't remember, yeah. you know, so it's like, so some of the childhood things I can't, I can't always identify my, so, so anyway, so that's like, sometimes yeah. I don't always have a clear inclination about what happened in terms of television shows. I, I can't remember watching shows with my mom when she was alive, when my father was still alive, he loved horror flicks, but especially B flicks. So it was always the bad horror films. And so we would make fun of them. We would look for errors and we would really enjoy the, the campiness of yeah. those types of shows. Yeah. So those were the types of shows that we looked at, but they definitely weren't like laughing. You know, it wasn't like yeah. this. And in my generation, the Saturday Night Live and all of that type of thing, yeah. it wasn't those types of shows, yeah. but it was still the humor side of horror. And mm. it was all the really bad horror films. And we would just, that's what we would watch on the weekends. But part of what made horror shows, especially the campy ones, so good was there was humor in it. I yes. Mean, I mean, it was, it was, clearly there. Yes. Even the more sophisticated horror shows, they, they have that element too, because it kind of gives you a sense of relief there, you know? Yes. And they say that's what humor does. It gives you a sense of relief. Did you ever joke with your kids to ease a tense moment? Yeah. Well, all the time, because my children take after me with very high performing, high expectations and very 
very focused drive. And so they have a lot of that with me. And so definitely I could see that they were internalizing that part of me as anxiety, which is not what I have. So I was able to incorporate that in a more productive way. But I could see from my children's perspective, it was materializing as anxiety. And so I definitely tried to release the tension a lot with joking about things or talking about things on the lighter side or trying to find the the humor in whatever just happened. You know, like especially as children, something small would happen, like they would drop a school project and, you know, they would it would be like the end of the world to them. Yeah. Right. It would that that was their world. They had been working on that. That's what they had done. And and then we would try to find a way to see it for the moment that it truly is, but they don't have that perspective. And so that was definitely something that I tried to teach them over and over again was just to help squash some of that anxiety that comes with being an overachiever with the humor in what's happening. Right. It puts things in perspective. Humor really does that. It's it's not brain surgery. You know, it's yeah. not something really serious. And if I think if kids see you taking it lightly, then they're not going to think it's as big a deal. You know, all the shrinks say that's something that you really should congratulate yourself for as a parent, if you can ease that tension, that anxiety that you were talking about. I'm trying to think of how I did it with my kids. And it was just basically, whoops, reset or something like that. But my daughter especially would get very, very traumatized about things because, you know, she was the perfectionist in the family and my son was more laid back. He would, I think, internalize his irritation with him, it was always a question of what I let him see on television or movies because he would invariably ape that and uh. not understand the humor. And there was one time my ex-husband took us to a movie that was R-rated and I'm and it was like an Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> and there was something that was done in that movie that everybody was laughing and my son didn't understand it, but he went and imitated it later and we're like, no, 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 you don't do that. You know, <laughs> you really don't do that. So I think as parents, we kind of have to watch, you know, what we expose our kids to. And so well, definitely because humor is layered, right? It's um, yeah. so there is certainly the superficial humor of something and then there's more nuanced and oftentimes children and some adults, but they don't get what that nuance looks like. Right. So right. that they they don't understand why it's funny. Sometimes yeah. thinking about people that have maybe that are on the autistic spectrum and things like that helps me kind of recognize uh, the layering that happens with humor because you'll see something and it will be funny, but then somebody in my friend group won't. And it will be often be because of the way that they're trying to process that information. Right. It right. just doesn't land the same way. It is definitely a nuanced communication skill. Yeah. Which is why, like, when I teach public speaking, I'm like, you know, humor is a great way to diffuse, um, especially if you're doing persuasion and if you are trying to get people to think a certain way. I said, but at the same token, you have to feel very confident and comfortable in it because humor that falls flat will actually do more harm in the conversation than it will if it works. I said, so, you know, just to put a joke in there, to put a joke in there is not going to help you. But if you can find a way to lighten the conversation, it lets people's guard down and it allows them to be able to hear the argument that you are making, especially if that argument is very different than what what they believe. Right. Um, you know, when we get defensive, we can't be persuaded because we're not listening. And so, um, yeah. so we talk a lot about that in class, certainly as novice speech writers, they, they don't always get it. 
they don't under, always understand uh, what that is. But when you look at seasoned speech writers and people that deliver speeches or write speeches for a living, you can see how they try to incorporate some levity in that discussion to break down barriers so that people well can be persuaded, but right. can have a conversation. So most of the humor in that case would be something that would be maybe self-deprecating. Yes. Because you don't want to target a barb at somebody that you're trying to persuade or you're right. trying to convince. But humor is, is a very valuable skill for kids to develop. I mean, I've heard of kids being bullied that would develop a pattern. They became the funny kid in class almost as a defense mechanism, but it worked and it helped them later in life. You know, and it's nice to hear cases like that where it, where it happens. I know we like to talk poorly about social media, but I would say that, especially for my children, because they grew up with it, there's certainly a lot wrong with it. And it has a lot to do with body image and and those types of things. But on the flip side, I think it allowed them to see normal people making mistakes, acting silly and, and seeing, seeing that play out. Because although television is a great example, it is also fake. Not that social media isn't fake. And a lot of it is, but a lot of it isn't right. And so some of it is just normal people doing normal things. And it really allowed my, my kids, my kids have always been very into YouTube. And now, of course, with TikTok. Um, But when they were growing up, it was it was YouTube. And they were always fascinated by watching what other people were doing and and learning from it. Yeah. And then you get something like America's Funniest Home Videos or the TikTok or, you know, because you see stuff like that that pops up on social media. And it almost makes it seem like, okay, if I trip on something or I have a pratfall or whatever, whether it's intended or not, no big deal because it happens all the time. I see it all the time on my social media feed. Yes. And and that I think is kind of good to expose kids to something like that. I think so, because at least for my children who are, who strive for perfection, I think it's helpful for them to see Mm -hmm. that. That that perfection that you're aiming for is is probably not realistic and it is probably very curated. So when you're seeing that perfection in on TikTok or on other types of social media, it's probably curated that way. And what when you see the that less than perfect videos, that that is probably more of what real life is. And I think that that's a good experience too for that conversation to talk about, you know, what's real and what's fake and and the conversation about what's really humorous and what's not hurting other people, making fun of other people at the you know, that's not that's not funny. It's not that shouldn't be what we laugh at. And I think that that it all provided us an opportunity to have those conversations with my children. We've never been huge television people, but we have been very big consumers of social media content. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, a lot of societies like that. I mean, we were always plunked in front of the tube watching a program. But actually, social media these days is just a bunch of mini programs, if you want to really want to look at it. You know. Yeah. And I tend to go for the humorous ones. I tend to go for the things that will make me laugh and kind of scroll past the stuff that doesn't. And I think that's also the way I am when I'm watching big screen stuff at home. I think that exposing your kids to humor in both venues is a good a good way of going. What yeah, is for a the- while there, when when COVID first hit, now granted they're not kids at that point, they're they were yeah, in college. But when COVID hit and they came home, I don't I know that we watched a lot of um, comedy comedians on like Netflix, especially has yeah. a lot of comedians that you can watch their circuit and all of that. Yeah. Some of them have not aged well, so I won't name names about some <laughs> of the ones that we have watched since 2020. But some of them have, of course, made some mistakes in their 
content and what they're doing. But uh, but we did. We did spend some time. That was it, that was actually a very nice relief for COVID in terms of the anxiety that was happening across the country and in the society and all of that. And we did spend some time while they were still home um, with COVID watching the comedians a lot and a lot of baking shows. So, and they, they, we did watch a lot of baking shows. Baking There's shows. a lot of baking shows, though, too. There is. There yeah. is. Yes. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, let's face it, nothing goes perfectly. No, uh, exactly. You know, yes. That's almost the point of the baking shows to show you what doesn't go perfectly, which is a humorizing thing, just like humor. Yeah. What's most likely to give you a belly laugh? Oh, well, I definitely like shows and television and things where they're talking about something that is very true, but they take like that angle and, and you're just like, oh my goodness, like it's just really funny. Uh, there was a new, oh, Don't Look Up. There was that movie. Did you watch that movie? I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. And so it was just, uh, you know, they were making fun of the things that I recognize and see around. And probably it's not the best humor because I'm sure that some people are hurt by it. So maybe there's a better humor than I should have. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but I, those are the things. I like it when I feel like it's an inside joke and I get it. Yeah. I used to watch a lot of Monty Python reruns when I was a kid. Oh, and, yes. And some of it I didn't get, but my friends thought it was hilarious. You know, it's like watching them, you know, chop off somebody's arm. I don't think that's all that funny, but they would be in stitches. On the other hand, there was a show doctor in the house. that was also a British import. And I would roar through that because yeah, there was some pratfall stuff in there, but there's some really bright, brittle humor in there that I really yes. liked. My husband loves the, the comedies like Monty Python, all of those very uh, physical type of comedies. I am not a good uh, participant in watching television. I am typically on my phone or I'm doing something else and so those types of shows um, are difficult for me because I miss I miss the humor because I'm either just listening to it or you know doing you know something else and so so I'm not as a big a fan of those but my husband loves those he thinks they're the greatest like those are that's his that's his go-to type of show yeah what would you advise any parent when it comes to helping your child grow a sense of humor or do you think you can oh I think you definitely can I think that it is about providing them the opportunity to experience humor in multiple ways. So whether that is through television or through social media, or it is, I mean, for us, for my children, we went to a lot of plays. We're very big into theater and we did a lot of plays and a lot of them, of course, had a very humorous kind of component to it. So it's just exposing your children to different mediums, whatever makes sense for you. So we were very much into going to plays and that was a way for my kids to see not only other children and child actors and doing things, but make mistakes, but also the humor that was involved and then talking about it. Right. So then the way home, we would talk about what was happening. Why was it funny? Why was it sad? We'd stop and get ice cream. And it wasn't like a lecture. It wasn't like a, you know, here's your homework type of thing. But it was like, what did you find funny about it? Why did you laugh? Or why didn't you laugh? Or, you know, that type of thing. And so I think you definitely can foster a sense of humor. You might not be able to foster it to the point where they're going to be on Saturday Night Live or they're going to have that type of career career, but I think that you can foster an appreciation for the art and to bring some light and and levity to our life so it doesn't all have to be so heavy. Amen to that. Yeah. Thank you, Sherry. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Go Tell Mom, where we chew on stuff that you talk about with your mom, or maybe not. I'm Diana Kelly. If there's something you want brought up, something you want to add, comment below, and I'll be back next week.